Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. First Life. It is a show written by Yoon Na Chung, and she's affiliated with shows like Flower Boy Ramen Shop and The Queen of Office. She also wrote Hugu's Love, which is based on a webtoon series written by Yu Hyun Suk. Because This Is My First Life stars Jung So Min, who was the love interest in that sitcom Sound of Your Heart. And Lee Min-gi is also on the show. Jung Soo-min plays Ji-ho, who is a 30-year-old TV screenwriter who becomes homeless. And she needs to move in with a man named Nam Se-hee, who works as a designer at a dating website company. And they're supposed to be just roommates, but they, of course, end up falling in love. They also end up getting married. I guess it's because, like, Se-hee needs uh, somebody who will pay rent while living with him but she happens to be a woman and they don't want weird questions asked so i guess they just go with it it's it's very weird uh why they feel the need to get married but they end up doing it and it's bizarre but it's part of the storyline the show reveals a lot of modern and urban young people's concerns like job security money gender discrimination, ableism, love life, marriage, and other pressures. For instance, Chiho is of the 1988 generation, and she talks about how they're named the 880,001 generation. So people who graduated in around the year 2009-2010, they started getting this nickname because even though they graduated with a college degree, all they could do was find part-time jobs that paid a minimum wage of 880,001 per month, which is just under $750 a month. I guess back then it was more close to like $650 a month. So that's for these uh, part-time gig workers. Jobs were scarce jobs still are scarce. Everybody was educated, but facing a very fierce competitive market. And it was hard for anybody to stand out. But the earlier generation, for instance, Chihu's father, he keeps saying how easy the kids have it these days and how much harder it was for people like him back in the olden times. And this is a typical way of looking at every generation that comes after and it's a symptom of capitalism while economic progress might bring in a higher rate of education and wealth it also brings in higher competition saturated job markets and a lot of people who feel useless in their society because nobody wants to hire them for what they're good at Chiu's case is significantly different from others in that she pursued a career as a writer in television. It's freelance, it pays like shit, and there are creeps who try to take her credit and sexually assault her. And these are also symptoms of capitalism and its failures, right? So telling you that you're easy to take advantage of because you're stuck in job precarity, you're living in a gig economy, you are completely replaceable, right? All of these things are um, 
evidence of capitalism and its failures. In the United States today, we're living with inflation at the moment. This inflation is going to impact our living over the next several years. And it's something to be concerned about because the income and salaries that we're currently making, they're never going to be enough to pay for the things that we already could not afford, like homes, like cars, like a higher degree, like health care. Things are only going to get harder and harder for us as a whole. And in this devastating and dreary reality, we need to find ways of dreaming big. You have the character Suchi, who works at a corporation in middle management, even though she used to dream of being a CEO of her own business. And she gets sexually harassed at work meetings constantly with other white collar folk. This isn't anything new. We've seen this kind of plot line a lot in many other Korean dramas with female driven narratives, which is a testament to how ubiquitous these kinds of events are and what a huge problem it is. I liked the scene where Suji confronts her former colleague. Well, it was her colleague at the time and demands a sincere apology from him while being very vulnerable and telling him how unhappy she is with their relationship as it stands. And to have that kind of confrontation takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of boldness and confidence and trust to be that upfront with somebody. And we see why it took a lot of confidence, courage, and trust because this person on the receiving end was being a complete dick about it. The takeaway is that even if they are dicks about it, you still stood up for yourself and expressed your truth. And the one who rejects it is doing so because they're cheese dicks who lack courage and you don't need to take it personally. But pick and choose your battles as well, right? In general, you can tell who will be receptive to you and your realness and who won't be. And if you get a sense that they won't be, let them be. Move on without them. There's no need to have this kind of conversation with people that you have certainty will not be receptive to them, okay? But ultimately, it's always better to communicate and try to find some kind of resolve. Mingi is also a very interesting character. He has this past trauma where his father rejected him and his pregnant lover when he was younger and told him to get out of his house. Having a home is usually the traditional sense of security that a person has. But I was in a panel the other day and somebody mentioned how he graduated medical school recently and he also bought a house. And what he's doing is staring down the hole of debt that stands before him and that his job feels more like a prison in order to dig himself out of this debt. It's interesting how we construct these senses of security based on what our surroundings and our society tell us, and then we get ourselves locked in a trap. That's the great irony about what we call security. It's secure, but it's keeping us locked inside as well. I suppose finding a mindful sense of security in our own center is the answer here. Feeling a sense of home-like security wherever we go right? This is the key to this kind of problem. And it's a lot easier said than done. Lastly, the character Horang is extremely interesting on this show. She works as a manager in the fine dining industry, and her boss is incredibly sexist and asks her inappropriate questions like, is she on her period whenever she's in a bad mood? 
And it's an invasive and sexist thing to reduce a woman down to her menstrual cycle. And it overlooks the reality, which is that men also have hormones. And those hormones affect their mood and their decision making just as much. Horang is the kind of woman who wants a family. She wants a husband and she wants a child and she wants to live in a happy home as a mother and a wife. Those are her goals. And she's been with the same boyfriend for seven years, but he feels a lot of pressure as a startup computer engineer. And that's also a tough business. He has dreams to have his own company and career, but he can't measure up. Meanwhile, he feels pressured to get married to this girlfriend of seven years who keeps dropping hints. And that's a lot. But if you look at this relationship, the pressures that they both feel are stemming from the same source. And it's that they want a certain kind of image for themselves. They hold that in their mind's eye and they want to reach it, but it requires compromise from each other. The episodes with Chiwa's parents are especially interesting, particularly seeing how sexist her father is. That's the other great irony about these kinds of urban narratives. While we have urban and modern storylines, the parental figures are still locked in old school ways of thinking. And we see how deep this patriarchy is rooted in the home lives of these characters. And folks, these kinds of capitalistic problems that modern Korean society was dealing with back in 2017 persists today. I mean, this has been the case and it will continue to be the case for a long time, probably until the next bubble bursts. Uh, but until then, I guess, keep the faith and keep going because that's what I've been doing this past week. Last week, I lost a friend, a fellow comedian. He, he passed away, Jonathan David. And uh, this past week, I, I did what's called a mock interview with uh, a few professors from my alma mater. And it was probably the most demoralizing and the most painful and humiliating experience of my life. Some of that is my fault. I really wasn't prepared. I was somewhat I don't know, like shit just came out of left field and I was kind of bullshitting my answers all throughout because my head's not been in the game. Uh, I have job interviews. I had one this past week, but my head's just not been in the game. My head's been up in my creative clouds and I have not been working on my academia all that much. But the mock interview left me shook and I went back into the grind back into the gear of things and i am trying to get prepared for the next job interview which is going to be on wednesday so wish me luck on that i guess but as of now um i'm sure you could tell from my voice i'm pretty exhausted i mean there was a lot of crying last week there was a lot of crying this past week i i am pretty fucking sure there will be a lot of crying next week i don't know you guys it's it's not easy it's really not easy. I was kind of talking to a few comedian friends recently and neither of them are working at the moment. And I said to them, I was like, you know, even though we're not working a job that pays us money, in another sense, we're all working constantly. You know, like we work all day. I work from morning till night. That is actually the truth. You know, like every time I write something down, every time I 
upload a post, every time I edit a podcast, every time I go to a mic or I go to a show, every time I do something, it is work. And that kind of work at the moment may not be compensating me to the extent that I wish to be compensated, but they're all work. So I am working all the time. And a lot of these artists are working all the time. So I think, you know, another way to look at it is to just say, yeah, like all of us are hard workers, you know, just because somebody doesn't seem to be contributing, quote unquote, to uh, the local economy doesn't necessarily mean that they're not working. So I don't know. I guess I'm just saying this to say, once again, support your artists, right? Like if you can go to a local show, go and do it. If you could buy somebody's, you know, a local artist's painting or, um, you know, soap dish or whatever it is that they're selling online, pick one up. Pick one up if you like it. You know, if it doesn't speak to you, there's no need to force it. But look around in your local community and see what kind of artwork is out there. And if they serve some kind of purpose or function that you think you could add to your life. And if part of that function and purpose is that it brings you joy, then go ahead and add it. Because why not? You're supporting somebody in your community who really needs that encouragement. Because you guys, I'm, I'm not kidding around when I say this kind of work is really, really hard. It's really, really difficult. But with all that said, thank you for listening to my podcast every week. Your your loyalty really means the world to me. Today's guest is Susan Song. She is trained at UCB and she plays a lot of hilarious characters. If you want to see some of that, check her out on her Instagram. She's very, very funny. She's been on Jimmy Kimmel. She's been on the Fox TV show 911. She's been on True TV's Adam Ruins Everything. She's in the Paramount Originals TV show Why Women Kill and many more. She's very talented. She's very funny. She's got some thoughts. Let's talk to Susan Song. Yeah, you, um, you audition a lot. I mean, it's your job. This week, it, it was nuts. I had like over 11 this week. It was, I like, and then on the weekend. So I'm like, what is happening? <clears throat> wow. That's yeah, good. Then, it's good. Three on Monday. So I have to start prepping for that. It's just like, honestly, it's, it's just like a lot. I, 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 I'm, it's, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. I'm good. I'm fine. I love it. I love it. It's my job. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You seem to do like a lot of commercials and stuff. I do do um, commercials. The most. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Did you train in um, like dramatic arts or theater? Um, I have more of a comedy background. Oh, Okay. Like yeah. improv I mean, and sketch and stuff. Improv, sketch, all of that. Going through Groundlings, UCB, seconds. I did all of them. Um, yeah. So I think that's why it lends well to commercials because a lot of that is, um, mm. it's all improv. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, like, so, but lately I've been like, oh, I need to be a good actor. You know what I mean? So I'm taking, hmm. like, I need to be, I was like, should I go to back to theater? Like, should I go to, um, you know, theater school or like that aspect of it? Yeah. Um, Cause whatever I, I I'm always going to point out like, Oh, things that I am 
my uh, inadequacies, right? And I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm not, because I'm a critical mind. So I'm gonna be like, well, you suck at, you know, you can't be dramatic or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me try, let me try. And I think I've told you too, I'm like, I'm dead inside. And you, you'll be like, I cry every day. And I'm like, oh, I don't cry ever. And so I just don't know how to tap into emotions sometimes. So I've, huh. I've been taking classes, more of these dramatic classes. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I'm doing it, I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I don't want <laughs> Why? to do this. Why? I, some, well, it's not that I hate dramatic acting. It's just sometimes the classes are, it's just kind of like, oh my God, kill me right now. Okay. Mm. Cause sometimes like the exercises are a little like, just, we don't need to be doing this. Um, it, I can't help, <laughs> I can't help laugh about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The comedian inside of me, I'm like, this is so stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to like, for example, I don't know, you know, Connor, our friend, um, yeah. I don't know if I should, this, we, we had this story where we met in an acting class and in yeah. that first class, yeah, it was like a, um, it was, it's like a couple and we had just finished, um, having sex. Right. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, uh, and then it's like a conversation about each other kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so, um, our, our acting teacher was like, okay, so to really kind of, um, play the moment before I love for you guys, before you start the scene to kind of like, um, physicalize like kind of <laughs> like we had to like kind of almost pretend like we were um I don't know if we're allowed to swear or anything like that we yeah you like, can swear like, f- fucking you know yeah and so and 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 that is very like uncomfortable for me uh to do that in a uh, just it, it did the pr- person in me I'm just like wait what and it, uh, so we had to like pretend like we were just like having like we had to kind of like stimulate it for a couple of seconds and then go into <laughs> okay. the scene. And I was like, oh, okay. after that, Connor and I still talk about that to this day where I'm like, I that was like the worst. And like, I think that's kind of why we like we like yeah. had to go through this horrible experience together. Yeah. And we yeah. still talk about it. It's like it was horrible. Yeah. What did you guys like, do? Why, why are we doing this? Huh? Did you guys like touch each other's boobies? What did you guys do? No, but Hunter and I were in the scene together. So I was doing it with a complete stranger that I've never met before. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right, right. And like, instead right. of it being more intimate, like my partner and I decided to be a little bit more raunchier because to me, that's a little less vulnerable and like, you know, I don't okay. you know what I mean. Like, where it's a little right. more, uh, you know, anyways, I don't even, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, so, okay. Um, yeah, I don't even. So some of those things, I'm just like, oh gosh. Um, so then I started doing more one-on-one coaching type of things to help with um, vulnerable, mm. like more, like because sometimes I'll get like sides for Grey's Anatomy where I'm like the mother of like a a dying baby and I have to like cry mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna pass on this guy. Is gonna mm. pass. Um, mm. But then I was like, you know, I want to learn how to do this, right? So then I coached with somebody to be like. How can I, what can I do to prepare for this kind of a situation? Yeah. Because it's not even about, I can, I can probably figure it out for the audition, but it's yeah. tough to be able to do it on set constantly, to be able to yeah. cry and exactly when, it's so technical on set, you know? Yeah. And so um, it's like, okay, here comes your close up. You need that little teardrop, you know? It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, K-drama, they're all about that yeah. single tear. You know? Yeah. So, Are you um, able to cry on cue? <clears throat> so now like I've, I've been working on trying to, um, like there've been some auditions that I've done that I've been proud of where I had to, um, be emotional and I was able to do it. So mm. I'm working on it. Yeah. Mm. What's the trick to being able to cry on cue? It's, 
it's it's really about like um <laughs> like some people can just be like mom 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 <laughs> you know, just get there um and i can't because i'll be like mom 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 oh i feel bad about that <laughs> kill me what am i doing why am i supposed to uh-huh. they got cut 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 yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh i don't like it's like there's so much imagination and backstory that I realize you have to kind of do um, yeah. to create this um, this scene. Like, uh-huh. okay, you really want me? Okay, I'll go into it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, for example, like there was an audition where I had to, like, um, I my son was taken away. For, I'm like a pharmaceutical sales rep and like mm-hmm. um i'm i figured out that the pharmaceutical company is doing wrong things right and i started okay. um being a whistleblower a little bit all right and that pharmaceutical company ruins my life they okay. plant drugs in my car Whoa. so i lose custody of my kid my husband yeah. divorces me there they put uh rumors that i had an affair with somebody in the car co- they just completely obliterated my life right because of a whistleblower mm. so then i was working with my coach and i was like she was like, okay, so when you think your your child was taken away from you, right? Like, do you do you think it was because you you're a bad mom? And I was like, initially I was just like, yeah, but then now she was like, well, let's say that you weren't like you're an amazing mom, but this is the pharmaceutical company like fucked you over, right? And I was like, okay, she's so she's like, let's let's like close your eyes and let's imagine the moment when your son was taken away. She's like, what do you love doing with your son? And I was just, and like, oh, we love um, baking cookies, right? And then she'll be like, okay, so what kind of cookies are you guys making? I'm like, oatmeal chocolate chip, right? So we're t- talking specifics. And then okay. she's like, okay, imagine your son. <clears throat> you know, you see your son, you see an actual face. And then I use like my nephews as a uh-huh. boxy or whatever. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> you guys are making cookies and there's flour everywhere. There's flour on his head. Uh-huh. And his hair is like, you know. Yeah. And then, and like, you guys are making cookies and he comes over and he hugs you and he goes, mom, I love you so much. I love making cookies with you. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, ah, and then she's like, in that moment, the door knocks and they uh-huh. come. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we're putting all these memories of what happened in my, yeah. in my, in my head. Oh, okay. Um, so that when, and it's just backlog history so that when yeah. you're doing this scene, yeah, you might remember that fucking moment and then be like, you know, mm. it's just like, ugh. so it's like I have to kind of create this whole history and catalog in my mind. So like that audition. Yeah, it was like three, three different scenes. It took so long for me to prepare like two, three days of backlogging shit. But yeah. then when I sh- shot it, like I did yeah. everything in one take and I got like what I wanted. And I was like, whoa, that was like yeah. uh, an audition that I was like really like proud of, of like being able to do the work and like do get the emo- get to where I need to be emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get it and that's fine. That's what happens. But I was probably <laughs> just, uh, whatever, that's Hollywood. But I was yeah. proud of the work, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, that really shows how much work an actor does because a lot of the times people just think like oh the screenwriter writes the script and then Mm -hmm. the director just tells the actors where to stand Mm -hmm. and then it's like action right Right, but it's more than that like you have to make it real for yourself Mm -hmm, you have to create mm -hmm. or construct an experience a life because i feel i feel like um they give you sometimes so little to work with too. So you have to make hmm. everything up. And it's not even about mm. 
making what I think is the right choice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I realize it's like, you just need to make a choice of what it is you're doing as an actor. And then, um, and then it'll, and make it, that's what makes it like real for you. And I feel like sometimes just acting real is really hard as an actor, as people. Yeah. It's like, Hey guys, how's that? You know, it's like, we don't act like that in real life. You know what I mean? So just, just acting real. Like when we're talking, we're, We'll think about things and like, you know, just all of that. It's like, that's what's real. And that you need to have thoughts and backstory to like do that. I feel like anyways. Yeah. No, I think that's all really important to keep in mind. And it just goes to show like that actors also have to be good writers in some way, you know, like Mm -hmm. actors have to be able to conjure new things and come up with them on the spot and a lot of work goes into it. I mean, part of the like uh, hesitancy for me when it comes to just acting or the job of an actor is just, it looks exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 is. it looks <laughs> really, really exhausting. Like, I feel like auditioning all the time is exhausting. I feel like, you know, being on set is exhausting. I feel like trying to yes and everything that everybody says to you is exhausting i feel like all of that is just tiresome yeah i mean <clears throat> i mean yes it's 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 a lot of work but like at the end of the day uh that's why i feel like you have to like really love doing it mm-hmm. to even like deal with all that other bullshit mm-hmm. because when you're on set and like not dramatic acting, but when I'm doing what I love to do and like being funny or like making people mm-hmm. laugh, like mm-hmm. there's no greater joy than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me, like I feel the most alive. So yes, it's tiring, but it's like when it's like kind of, you know, when you crush it in stand up comedy, like it's like mm-hmm. that was fucking amazing. Like you get you get stand up comedy, you get like the biggest fucking high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. killed. And so it's like that. And so it's like kind of chasing that. But stand up comedy is also a lot of fucking work, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing. It's it's a lot of the same. It's the same thing. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you do thing. do you do stand up or have you done stand up before? I have and like <laughs> I mean I've taken a class. Okay. Hold on, oh, who'd like, you take it with? Like things got cut really short, so I'm really subconscious. No, no, um, it's fine. Who did you take it with? <clears throat> with David Arnold. Do you know who David Arnold is? I've heard of him. He. I used to actually work at the Comedy Union. I don't know if you know this comedy club. Okay. Um, it's a black comedy club on Pico and La Brea. And I worked there okay. for like five years mm-hmm. um, as a cocktail server. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's where I met David Arnold. And I took his um, I took his class. And so he made, he made us go to like at least three open mics a week, um, record all of our sets, listen to it, and then um, – and so after six weeks, we would have done over 18 to 20 open mics, and then we had a show. Um, so that process uh, was a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of the same stuff because it's like, you know, I feel like the key to being really great stand-up is um, being comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the whole thing about acting like being acting like a real person. Mm-hmm. Because like when I think about my first set, I hate it because it's so like <laughs> – your typical Asian it's just so fucking scripted and it's not me I mean it's just like not Uh. conversational it's just so like hey do you guys like taboo (laughs) (laughs) I learned you know it's just 
so like it was so like cringe if you think about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I feel like and the, the the thing that's so hard about stand up comedy, I feel, is like uh-huh. you're, and that's why I kind of stopped. Is the like the key to getting great and good is constantly failing in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to and and. And I, as a like perfectionist, I, I it was so it's so hard to do that. Like I like to put a polished final product out for people to enjoy. But I hmm. feel like you only know the only like I have always have to kind of listen to the way my jokes would land. I'll be like, oh, so you kind of have to like go and like workshop it in front of people. And then there's mm-hmm. like the process of them being like, oh, she sucked. But I could have just been working on new material. You know what I mean? So that yeah. that was it's very hard for me um, that process of yeah. failing constantly in front of other people to get better. And yeah. also with stand-up is you're putting yourself out there I'm not putting this character out there it's oh here 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 I am Susan Song oh he, yeah you don't like me so if they don't laugh then it's like they don't like me and then it's like personal and then I'm like <laughs> like I remember I would like do open mics at flappers at like 12 o'clock I would do the lottery I would be the last oh fucking person called the only yeah. people that are there are like dudes talking about like sperm jokes and like yeah and I'm like and then I'm like do you guys like taboo not my audience and like I would like yeah. drive home like crying. I'm like, what am I <laughs> And I was like, so it was really like yeah. it's hard. And like also even just like I mean you're you're you know you're Paxanim. Words are your you know Paxanim is um, that's what you call someone with a doctorate in Korean. You have to give the formality words too. Yes, Paxanim. Um, a doctorate. You know, yeah, I like how you feminized it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh wait, what's uh then what is it? Paxa? <laughs> No, it's just doctorate. Yeah, yeah, you're is right. Is Paxa name feminized? No, no, no. I like how you said you called it doctorette. Like, oh, a, did like I say it's that? A, like it's a woman. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, funny. Oh, it's okay. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, it's just like ugh, me. Like I had uh, my friend who helped me write my jokes, and like we would be like, is it this word or is it that word? And it's it's oh. like we analyze every. You think it's just well, I don't know. For me, it wasn't just like mm-hmm. this go and just do everything was very thought out every word choice was thought oh, out. This is a funnier okay. word you got to yeah. set it up like this to really sure. execute that joke so it was a yeah. lot of like constructing like word stuff so anyways mm-hmm. that's a lot of work too so i cut ca- i'm at command yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think stand-ups are just you know just more um selfish you know i mean uh, the other way to look at it is like they're just more independent um, but yeah, it's like, we don't have to share the stage with anybody. We don't have to wait for anybody, you know, it's just, it's just ourselves. Um, but yeah, e- even though it is like ourselves that we're putting up on display, it's like still a mediated version of ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And even in stand-up comedy, stand-up comics lie all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plenty of things like mm-hmm. little details and little facts that we change all the time right. in order to make it funny or in order to right, make right. it more uh, easy to communicate or more understandable or, or whatever, more relatable or whatever. So we make little adjustments here and there all the time. But yeah, I, I guess I never felt like it was like a, a personal right. thing. Uh, Maybe it is, but I don't know. Like this past few months, I've been just trying to be like, yeah, nothing's ever really personal. Like that's sort mm-hmm. of been my trajectory. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, where did you go home? Like where, where's home for you? Oh, I'm from the Bay Area, San Jose area. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So for some like reason. 
five hours yeah so for some reason what you thought I for was some reason like... i thought you were like in michigan or something like, oh really yeah but uh no it makes sense san jose bay area um yeah did you uh did you study like theater when you were in college or what did you study when you were in school no i actually um i did business and communication <laughs> because this i know the school that i went to um i went to uc davis uh yeah. i think their theater program was a little bit more like the history behind theater it wasn't so much like <clears throat> i don't know i don't know if uc davis is really like known for their um theater i'm not sure um hmm. but I know what I wanted to do was comedy. So that's why mm -hmm. like, I just quickly did, you know, please my parents. And then like, mm -hmm. okay, deuces, I'm out. I'm going to live my life now. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did. Mm. Um, so you started yeah. up there or you started down here? Oh, comedy? Uh-huh. I, after I graduated, I, I moved down. Um, Immediately. And then I went to the Groundlings program. Wow. How was it there at the Groundlings? Um... <clears throat> <laughs> What <laughs> um, what just if you're not comfortable with it we're not no, 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 no. It. I it's totally fine and it's great like it's been a while since I've I went through the whole program up until the last advanced level and then I wasn't asked to join Sunday company anyone mm. who goes and spends so much time at an institution like five plus years I think I was like yeah. seven years yeah you get it's such a like when you get broken up with it it's such an emotional thing yeah. a lot of people will either a lot of people since they've left have like hate groundings because of that you know and and i get it it's a lot of political things too but in terms of the education and the school mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i felt like i loved it i love character work and doing right. character like that's like my jam and that's yeah. what we we're doing there and i would take classes there like and I would like, I, those are, that's the moments where I was like, oh, I feel so alive. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And like all my yeah. commercial auditions and stuff like that, that's all the stuff that like I learned from like Groundlings and, and UCB too. Um, yeah. UCB's improv is a little bit more game focused, like the Herald. Okay. Uh -huh. um, so what, what, what the improv that they do at the Groundlings is a little bit more my jam. Um, and I also like learned, so I, my writing lab teacher was Jim Rash. I don't know if you know him, but he won an Oscar for The Descendants. He hmm. wrote The Way, Way Back. And then he just mm -hmm. sold that at Sundance for the highest movie had ever gone for. And then mm -hmm. he taught my class. Mm -hmm. And so that was like amazing. Like he mm -hmm. was so generous with his time and like teaching us like, you know, how to write characters. That was so great. So the education that I learned was invaluable and also the friendships. Some of my best friends to this day are like people that I went to the Groundlings program with. So mm -hmm. very thankful. You learn a lot. It's just you got to take what you can from it. Yeah. And not get caught up in a lot of the political stuff. Yeah. I mean, the political stuff, like every single person who's been at the Groundlings talks about, but yeah, I mean, it is like one of the best, you know, places, like one of the top institutions for, for improv. And, mm -hmm. um, I remember like you had this video. Um, I really love your videos, by the way, they're always great. Um, I loved this video that you had of like the, uh, Asian American celebrities, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Constance Wu and uh -huh. like, I think you had Aquafina there too. Yeah, uh -huh. Sandra, was Sandra Oh also yeah, in Sandra it? Sandra So good. Like oh, hilarious, you. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, what do you kind of like want? Like what's the ideal thing, like the dream thing that you want? out of all of this 
Good question. Um, I mean, like, I just like to do, I love just to like make people laugh. I know that's vague, okay. but I, I, I mean, ideally, yeah. like I would love to be, I don't know. It changes constantly. You know what I mean? Like when I was at the Groundlings, hmm. it was like, oh, SNL is the end game. And then when Groundlings pulled the rug out under me, it was like, oh, well then what am I supposed to do? Like, uh, and then I was like, you know, and then I would love to be like a, like a, like on a, on a sitcom, like a character actor uh-huh. on a sitcom would be great. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. but then now I'm, every time I do like multi-cam type of auditions, I feel like not true to myself. Like I realize my point of view and my voice as a, as a, is kind of a little bit, maybe sometimes more like smaller and like dry. And then, so huh. I would love to do more like dramedy stuff. Like I love dramedy, small type of stuff. So hmm. I, I don't know. I think I'd love to do TV and TV more than film because my face is big. I cannot imagine it. On the, I cannot. Um, so uh-huh. small TV. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like character driven okay. stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just a regular on a show as a character. Is it, Are those like small, small dreams? It's fine. That's who I am. They're small and major, I think. You know, becoming a regular on a series is enormous right i mean come on <laughs> like it's just like to make a living as an actor is a great goal i mean like i would love to have that happen you know um right. and then to be able to do like like dramedy or a very interesting character work um on something that i actually enjoy would be uh great and working with like hmm. great directors and yeah and actors so you said that you studied business and communications to appease your parents yeah. I mean, I also am interested in it. I don't know if you know this. Do you know, I work a full-time day job and I am a, I work in media strategy. So I, I still do that. And so I'm using mm. that. I, I work in like marketing advertising field. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I still use that kind of stuff for my day job too. Isn't it hard to do auditions and, and day yeah, job? It is. It is. Well, how do you make it work? I'm barely like uh, surviving. It's like minute by minute. It's like, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? My day job, I've been working in media for a long time. Uh So I work freelance now and I work with people that I've worked with for a long time and they know what I do. They know I'm an Mm -hmm. actor. So they let me Mm -hmm. have like flexibility um, to take auditions or do whatever Mm -hmm. I need. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's really because they're so flexible with me that I'm able to juggle both. And at the end of the day, like, I get my work done. Like, I'm going to work over this weekend because I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to do things this past weekend because I had so many auditions. So I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. So they they trust me and I do good work. So they let me do what I need to do. Right. That's very nice of them. Yeah, so nice. Do you ever consider just quitting your job? I have quit my job multiple times. So when I first quit my job, when my full-time job, I quit it to pursue acting full-time, right? Because yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do acting. I've never pr- given it a good chance to pursue it. Uh-huh. I quit my job. I didn't have any agents. I didn't have anything. So I just sat on my sofa playing Candy Crush all day. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> I'm an actor now, so... <laughs> what do I do? And I would just like, I'm like, what is what's happening? And so I'm like, okay, 
uh, it doesn't just happen like that. You need agents, you need to be going on auditions or whatever, right? So then I, that's when I started freelancing and I was like, okay, while well, I'm freelancing, mm-hmm. I'll make sure I get representation and I'll work, I'll keep working on my improv and comedy mm-hmm. stuff and whatever. Um, and then I, and so, yeah, like, I don't want to work. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 and I, I don't have to work, but um, the, the, it's really hard to say no when, when they pay really like decently and like they let me do whatever I want and I can juggle both. And I like money because I like yeah. to eat, eat yeah. and do whatever I want. And, yeah. um, so I just do it. So, so they'll always like be like, okay, your contract ends. So like, like last year, my contract ended in September. Yeah. I was like, deuce, great. The, the industry's closed. That's when I went to Korea. And then uh, I was like, you know what? In 2021, I'm not going to work. I'm going to see how long I could just not work. Yeah. And then in June, they're like, hey, we really need, we're, we're so short staff. We really need freelancers. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, I don't want to work. Right. After I did like like Jimmy Kimmel, and I was like, I'm yeah. Gonna, you know, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> nothing happened. And, and so I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, all right, fine. And then, you know, like I gave myself a raise. I'm like, okay, if you can meet this, then I'll do it. And they're like, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, okay, wow. I guess I'm doing it. And so I just, I have to make it worth my while to mm. create an environment where I'm constantly like, it's like literally, it's crazy. I, 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 I am stressed out, but it's okay because I love, if I don't work my day job though, yeah. uh-huh. it's like then all I'm doing is dependent on acting, which is which is fine. That's normal. But it's like, it's too much. It's like, I put too much emphasis and I'm desperate. For, like, I got to get this job because I need to like oh. make a, and so I bring this desperate energy and yeah. then also I get anxious about money just because I have money trauma stuff from my past. So then yeah. I, I, I'm dealing with so much anxiety and like uh, every uh, job is like, hi, Susan Song. <laughs> but like when I'm working, I'm just like, all right, what the fuck do I got to do? Okay, whatever. Okay, cool. Bye. Like, I'm like, I can't make this audition. And then they're like, well, we want her to come in. It's like, it just gives a different energy. And I don't, yeah. I'm not so like, oh, I need this so much. And so right. it, it actually is helpful in the, I think I'm healthier at the end of the day with doing all of this stuff. Mm. In short For days. sure. For sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. Um, because you know, I would, I would think that like one would have that desperation regardless of the money, you know, or like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, wouldn't you want that, that part very badly anyway? I mean, even if you had money. Yeah. Like even if you had that job, because it's like, that's what you want. Like you want to be an actor. Of course, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want every job that I like and I want to go out for. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There is, but what I'm saying is, when you go into the room or whatever the audition, yeah, room, sure. Um, like let's say for commercials, right, where it's like mm-hmm. not so like I want this role. You know, it's just like mm-hmm, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just like um, there's a difference between like I really really love this job versus uh-huh. the desperation of like I need this job yeah, to yeah. pay my bills. You yeah, know, to yeah. just like have a livelihood to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so then ugh, that that shows a little bit, like a little bit uh, neediness or a desperate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like hi. Uh, you know, whereas like I still want, I still all want them. You know what I mean? I want yeah. all the jobs. But um, 
it just doesn't like I I can like maybe keep my cool a little bit you know what I mean because it's all about like fucking (laughs) I don't need this fuck y'all it's like having that when you do that that's when they're like we want this person yeah it's weird it's so fuck you know you know it's like dating or like you're like oh this person's so available for me I'm not interested you know have you have you ever um done those like exercises or like read books on how to get that level of cool regardless oh um (laughs) regardless of my actual situation yeah um no are there any you recommend (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but i think i think they exist um yeah i think there are like ways (laughs) of getting there maybe that's something you could ask your acting coach you know yeah i mean because it it seems like an important (laughs) thing right right I mean, I, mean, I well, I yeah. like the fact that you negotiated and got the pay raise that you wanted. I think that's yeah. badass. I think that's mm-hmm. baller. Um, but it's like if the job is making you miserable and this and that, it's like, well, how do I how do I feel that sense of like security? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. despite regardless of whether or not I have a job and bring that mm-hmm. into the room every single time. And I would feel like that would be the hack. Because mm, right. right now it's like the the dependency is on money, a, well, not even not even money, a job. Well, so to be fair, I'm not miserable. I do like yeah. my day job, and I like mm. commuting, seeing people, and, t- and like I, we have a great time. I throw yeah, my yeah. friends, and like my, yeah, my boss yeah. is like a close friend of mine. So I love mm. it. I'm, okay. I'm busy, so I yeah, just yeah, have yeah. to figure out like my planner is like like eight a.m. Wake up, do this nine thirty. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on i'm on a schedule um so you do feel fulfilled by your job yeah 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 and it sometimes it's like uh not that like we should tie our sense of that i need to learn this how to um have a sense of self-worth outside of these things you know like i should just feel enough just as who i am without thingies you know but like Uh traditionally like asians cultural things it's like status like what is this what is this whatever right uh-huh. and maybe i don't uh, like so it just gives me a little bit of like con- not confidence but like I-, I have something i could also like hang my hat on on like you know what i'm a associate media director and media strategy and i and i i do multi-million dollar i, I do the media strategy for multi-million dollar accounts and stuff like that that's a side thing that I keep secret actually, you know what I mean? But it does kind of mm-hmm. like give me, the thing is it's like, it gives me a sense of like, I don't know, I guess it's just like, you're right. I don't actually need that job to um, have a sense of like cool or like confidence when I go into auditions. Cause I actually don't need it monetarily right. anymore. You know what I mean? Right, I don't. Right. But it's just like, I know that for me, it's, it's good. I actually just, I'm, I, I'm just trying to do it because I, I like side things. Like I'm just trying to like, I need to like uh, I I, I want to like buy my parents like a house or like whatever. So I'm just trying to like save up for all this extra. Like I had I need to take care of my parents, right? So it's like uh-huh. so those are like things that I do and like I'm okay with doing and working hard for my parents. Um, what do what do your parents do? Oh, they're retired now. So what did your parents do? They used to they used to own uh, their own business, their own printing business. But then, oh. and and we were really well off, but then we lost, my dad lost everything, everything, everything mm-hmm. in, uh, in the stock market. So like, mm. so now they're like old and now they're like, 
financially um, insecure Mm -hmm. um, severely or not. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like uh, severe from where they used to be. You know, how long ago did that happen? Um, like 10 years ago. So around the time of the recession or a little after? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, So uh, I don't know why there's like this. Uh, I feel like I need to like make them good in a weird way. Hmm. You know what I mean? Are you an only child? No, I'm not. I have an older sister, but she's also like married and has kids. Um, so, and, and, and she helps too, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have this dutiful daughter, but it's something that I want to do too. You know what I mean? So Uh anyways, so yeah, there's like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I, I uh, live my life the way I do, um, mm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm okay with it. It's, it's like, you know, I just have to manage it and that's fine, but that's why I don't have time to like hang out all the time or like chill. Hmm. Or, like I don't watch shit. Uh, I don't, you know, I, if the moment I have a break, I, I work like 12 hours, I work from like 8am to like sometimes midnight. Cause I'll work the whole day and then I'll do auditions at night and like shoot them. And then I'll be done like at 10, 11. And then I just like sit on the couch in complete silence. Cause I'm just exhausted. Hmm. But I, I like I like living like that in a weird way. If hmm. I don't, if I have too much free time or if I'm just doing acting and not working the day job, it's like I have like ADD and I don't know if it's like the more busier you are, the more productive you are. Um, so if I don't have a lot going on, I, I just I do absolutely nothing. And then I just like sit and wallow. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so all, all I'm saying is like I, I, I like that. Mm. You like being in the grind. I like being busy and I I like like, oh shit, I need to get this done in an hour. I won't do it unless it's due in an hour. Anything. An audition, like work, anything. I need that like hard deadlines and pressure. Mm. Stress. I need stress. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it when you were uh, in Korea and you were quarantined for, it was like two weeks, right? It was 14 days. Mm-hmm. And you were in that fucking hotel room and making videos and taking pictures of the food that they were bringing you. It was actually really interesting. Like um, the the meals that they were bringing you, they seemed very consistent, you know, like neatly packaged. Like, like that's the thing I love about Koreans and Korea is like mm-hmm. they really make sure that you you get what you want or what they feel like is the epitome of being taken care of like they really go all out like snacks and like you know everything you got your um, protein your veggies you got your yeah corn. all of it yeah. um but i mean genuinely like what was that like for 14 days being in a hotel um actually when i look back at that time that was like my favorite time <laughs> because like I didn't have to answer to anybody. I didn't have, it was just, it was kind of quiet in my mind for myself. And I'm like a people pleaser. So it's like, okay, what I, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I didn't, I can't, I just can't do anything for anybody. You know what I mean? And so it was so nice. And then I used that time to, uh, post everything. And so because of that, I was so busy. Like I, I like to keep myself busy. I had no, I didn't even watch anything. I had no time. I was so busy. Like I had to record breakfast and then I had to edit the breakfast from yesterday. And then after I posted that, I had to record lunch and then edit. It was just like constant. 
It was driving me crazy. But, and I was stressed out, but it was like fun. And like, it was, I, and, and, and in hindsight, cause you know, I was at a Buddhist temple and I was like, Koreans don't really, I was with my friend and she doesn't have furniture. Nobody has, not nobody has furniture, but like we sit on the floor a lot and these yeah. floors are hard. And I'm like, where's the comfy, like recliners, you know, like I need my lounger and they just don't have that really. And so it was comfortable because I had a bed, I had a couch. Like yeah. I was like, damn, that couch was real nice because yeah. I'm tired of sitting and sleeping on the floor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was in, the quarantine. It was enjoyable. And even like it's basically you got like a two week free stay at a hotel. Oh hello, no, it was not free. It what? Was not free? No Wait, way. Explain this. How did it work? It's a hundred dollars a day. I spent fifteen hundred dollars. Fourteen fifty to stay to quarantine in the hotel. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, and like that's the shitty food that they gave me. I thought okay. I thought I thought it was no. all free. No way. Wow, it's a racket, man. Yeah. It's a fucking racket. Well, I mean, it wasn't a racket; it was serious. But, good yeah. God. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. But okay. but. You went to that famous temple that yes. all the whites of the world want to be at. They do? Well, yeah, because they saw that fucking Netflix thing. I with know. that. she's like open up a tour company, huh? Talk, talk about her. Talk about <laughs> this person a little uh, bit. Okay, so and, and what Chong... you did there. Okay, I went to Pekyangsa Temple, which I don't know if you've seen Chef's Table, um, season three, episode one. They feature this monk named John Guan. And... Um, I guess Eric Rupert, had a French chef, found her when he was in Korea or whatever. Anyways, she's like this famous chef monk. Um, and when I saw that episode, I was like, oh, my God, I have to go there. Mm. Um, and I was like, I got to go there. I got to go there. And so when I went to Korea, I was like, I got to go there. And I looked at the website, but they were closed. Like, they weren't doing anything because it was during COVID time. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I was like, oh, bummer. And then, like, out of... I don't like a, on a whim. I was like, you know what? I have Pekyang. Pekyang has like a WhatsApp number on their website. I'm just going to okay. try messaging them, right? Sure. So I messaged them. I was like, hi, um, are you guys doing any of the um, food? She does like a food cl class type of, exp you could do, you could sign up for a food class experience where you do a temple stay and then you get to cook with her or eat, eat her cooking. Right. Okay. So I was like, do you guys have any of those um, experiences? in the next, you know, whatever. And then the person that I started messaging with is this girl named Daisy. I don't know if you remember her, but I showed her a lot at the temple, but she, she was like, Oh, um, we're not doing it for foreigners right now. And I was like, well, I could sit in the Korean class. I'm actually Korean and I'll, I'd love to just sit. I don't care if it's in English. Right. Yeah. I yeah. can kind of understand Korean. Um, and then she was like, at that time she was, I don't know this. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Okay. But she was like, <laughs> she, she was like, you know, at that time they were trying to get certification to be a foreign, like a certification from the head, a Buddhist um, organization in Korea to get like, we are a foreign like stamp of approval that we're a, a foreign friendly um, temple stay program. Mm. Um, so she's like, I'm, I'm working on that. So they're coming in two days. Do you think you could just come? You're just like, your English is really good. And I was like, well, I'm, American and then so she was like how and then she just Daisy is like a very kind of like 
aggressive person. She's like, how, how would I say this? How would I say this? You know, and, and we'd be like, oh. oh. And me and my friend Vivian would be like, oh, you would just say like, Sangeru is like a pavilion that where it's uh, it's built on top of where two rivers meet, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh my God, that's amazing. She's like, do you, can you just come to the temple? And I was wow. like, what? And I was like, yeah, just fly straight. I was in Jeju Island. She's like, just fly straight from Jeju to Gwangju. I was supposed to go to Busan and stay in Busan for like a week doing nothing, mm. a week or two. And so I really had no schedule anyways. And so she's like, can you come? And I was like, uh, I was like, what? And I was like, uh, okay. So I went to help her. And then that weekend I was able to do that food program with Chongguan. Yeah. And, um, during the food program, I was like, she's like, oh, where are you guys from? Cause me and my friend Vivian, you know, and Vivian's like, oh, we do comedy in LA. And she's like, ah, you guys like the horchugi wa tungtungi, which is like the fatty and the skinny. Wow. Um, and we were like, <laughs> well, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, well, when are you going back? And I was like, well, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna volunteer here for two weeks, and then I'm gonna go back. And so I was kind of aggressive and like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just stay here with you. <laughs> right. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And that's right when they were about to do kimjang, which is like when they make kimchi for the whole year. And so they actually needed some help anyways at that time. Yeah. So yeah. then she was like, all right, okay, you can help us out. So um, she she said I can. She wanted me to work at Pekyangsa Temple Stay Program for a week, and then come up to Chunjinam, which is where she does all the cooking stuff for a week. Mm. So I was mm-hmm. there for a, I was there total for two weeks, and then with her a week. Mm. Um. So yeah, it was so crazy. Like, she's not like a practicing monk. Like she, she just like cooks, you know, and like she gets invited, like Stanford had invited her out. Google had invited her out like pre pandemic to come Mm -hmm. and speak. And um, she's like cooking and like does the the food programs and she does it for like goes around Korea and doing that. And then there's a lot of like chefs, like young chefs that um, are learning from her, like 25 year olds that are all there. And so she's a hot commodity now. Yeah. So there's like eight of them. And so I just hung out with them. All we did was like cook and eat. What did you learn? Like, what's like an important or like unique thing that you learned while working with her, whether it's culinary or otherwise? Hmm. (laughs) You know, I just, one thing I, I, I saw, she would have, Okay, like one thing I learned culinary wise, just because I love food, is yeah, like we would always like you know she would come and we would have like one ingredient. Like let's say like she got all this like, what is like is it sukar or no sidegi? No no shiregi, shiregi, the dried lettuce, the dried cabbage, ugoji, yeah, like a dried um cabbage uh type of thingy. Yeah. Uh huh. And like, and um, we would like just take that and then like make it in so many different ways and eat it almost like three days in a row where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sick of this. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. about like everything was so simple and it was just about the the ingredient. And when you really just focus on that one thing, mm-hmm. it's like it, it, everything was like so amazing. It was like, Oh my God, like this is just bap, right? Like mm-hmm. bean sprout rice, which is like mm-hmm. basic, like comfort home food, which is nothing special. You would never really go to a restaurant to eat bap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like so good. Like she would just like cook the beans and then the soup of the, 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 the flavor that would come out of the beans, the gumur, the liquid, she would like pour mm-hmm. it over the rice. And like, I was like, oh my God, like, so it was just so 
like kind of like taking away all this extra that we always get when we're eating like amazing, like, you know, chef's food. And it's just like simplifying it. And it was just like, uh, it was so good just to, just simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and getting just, to like, the essence of that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so then like, yeah, like, and the way she would prepare it, like totally different ways. So I was just like, Oh, it's so interesting. Um, so, hmm. and so we would eat a lot of the same ingredient, for three, and, but it was still like interesting. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on from this. But like, I don't yeah. know. Um, hmm. it was, it was good. Yeah. It was very just simple and it's all vegan, you know, all vegan and health. It's very healthy, but it, I never felt like I never, cause I'm a meat eater. Give me the meat first, right? I want the bosom. Mm-hmm. I want the carby. I want everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I have to eat like vegetables for like two weeks, but like, it was so good. You know, like mm. the way she, like, if you watch chef's table, I don't know if you saw the episode, but she makes mm-hmm. like the shiitake mushrooms mm-hmm. and like, that's what her dad was like. This is mm-hmm. after he tasted that he's like, okay, you're fine. And yeah, those m- mushrooms are so good. And when mm. you're eating like food in it's like pure form, it's mm-hmm. so delicious that you don't need, there's no feeling of like, oh, I need my gogi or like meat or anything like that. It's. It's very satisfying and delicious. So, hmm. yeah. Um, and then I think like one other thing is like she, one thing, like honestly, all the Buddhist things that she was saying, the Buddhist, like, you know, like I didn't really understand a lot of it because <laughs> I, it was just hard. So I would be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. But it's very like, she's very just like, let everything be, you know, like in the wintertime, everything falls off the, like when the, when the fall leaves were falling off the trees, by the way, the fall leaves there was amazing. You know, Mm. Koreans love fall leaves. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a thing we get off on. Mm -hmm. It's like, fall leaves, let's go look at the fall leaves. (laughs) Um, And when they were falling off, I was like, oh man, the fall leaves, they're falling. And she's like, no, 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 this is all part of the, you know? And like everything has its cycle. So you just got to appreciate like the cycle because it always come back. And in this moment, we appreciate what's here now and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, it's like Buddhist, like, you know, circle type of thingy. But I was like, I don't really, what is, what is this? I really wish I knew a little bit more, like better, like Buddhist Korean to like understand. Or even but, like culinary yeah. words too. Anyway. Yeah. No, but it sounds like you had this very unique experience. And, um, you know, even like in terms of your own profession, you were able to bring some of that to basically barter, you know? Like they were being uh, kind of exclusive about this thing because of COVID, but also because of their own work situation. Right. But they needed somebody with your language skills and your marketing skills technically that's Mm -hmm. what she was asking you for Mm -hmm. to come in and help them out and so you were able to sort of barter those skills to have this very unique experience that probably most people would not have had access to right yeah yeah it was very it it was all very serendipitous is that the right word i don't yeah she's like i never check whatsapp and yeah. she's like, but that day I checked it. That's yeah. what Daisy was saying. And like everything just worked out. Per- it was it was very like a once in a lifetime because Daisy now yeah. is no longer there at the temple. I can't even get in right. contact with her. Right, right, um, right. And with the monk, it's like mm-hmm. she's actually very fun. Like what you see, like she's just like 
I was like, she needs, she's like a star. She needs to be like a TV personality because she's just always having fun. She loves to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. She loves to like have fun, dance and sing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so like, I think that she was like, oh yeah, let's let her stay because she's a comedian. Right. It'll be fun. Uh-huh. Like, especially uh-huh. when we're doing Kim Jong and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, so it all just kind of like worked out like perfectly. So it was great. Yeah. And like, luckily one of the chefs that was there, he, he had just come from LA. So uh-huh. He spoke a uh, pretty good. He had studied at CIA, like the culinary Institute in Napa. Uh-huh. And so he knew like pretty good English. And so he was able to help translate when I was with mm. the monk. And so it was, it was a great experience. I don't know if I would, if it will ever happen like that again. Like I want to go back, but a lot of the chefs are gone. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who's there. So no, it was a, uh, it was a, moment that the universe gifted you and they were telling you what this you know uh Jung Kwon Sunim was telling you as well which is be present mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it will change everything will change right, right, right. so be present right yes. and that's what you were doing while you were at that temple stay so yes. i think i think that's awesome I think that's awesome. And, you know, it's really, it really is a gift that was given to you. Um, but I did take note on uh, when you said that your favorite time was when you were locked up for two <laughs> weeks in that hotel. Basically, not doing nothing, you were doing a lot, but they were all for yourself, right? Oh, wow. Not for anybody else. And I think yeah. that's something to keep in mind. I really yeah. like the, uh, the plastic bag dress you also made for yourself oh, too, the God. blue one. That was yeah. hilarious. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I but, was going you know, crazy. That was the last day. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 to be, to mm-hmm. be fair. Mm-hmm. When I said the quarantine time was, it was because it was like, physically relaxing on my body. Like mm-hmm. at when I was with the monk, it was yeah. a lot of hard work. I worked from 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. physically. I, I don't think yeah. I ever worked physically that hard before because yeah. I always did their work at a and In the dead of cold. Fucking cold. These, yeah. pa- like those, you know those big rubber copper things? Those yeah. so heavy. They're so very heavy. Like mixing tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything we're making is huge. <laughs> Yes, of course, that was a great experience. But I'm just saying, like, when you're quarantined, like, everyone thinks, oh, a horrible experience. It was it was actually enjoyable for me, too. And also, I just I think for me, yes, it was my I don't know why I'm defensive all of a sudden. But you're right. Like you said, it was my time. And it was your time to de like just to but also unplug. Yeah. And also I was creating content. And also, yeah, I went to Korea. I was depressed and I had a situation that had me I needed to kind of physically get out of LA to clear uh-huh. my head. Uh-huh. And I, I was in a very um, sad state. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, it was a period of time where like, I kind of doubted myself as um, a comedian and like just anything and like, a, you know, make just an act, everything. And, and doing that and putting, I don't usually put myself out there. I don't post on Instagram. I don't really do that as, as Susan song, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's very hard for me to put myself out there. And I was doing that. And then I was like, everyone was like so invested in the thing. And like, there was so much like positive feedback yeah. that it was like, so like, like healing. And also like, I was just like, ugh. it was just a reminder, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, how did I let yeah. myself get so um, wrapped up into these negative thoughts about yeah. myself? And so yeah. in that aspect, like it was, it was a really um, great gift that I had gone in, in quarantine to be honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It, 
those kinds of moments come to us at a very opportune moment. And that's usually when we're in a rut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good that um, you got that, you know, reassurance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to yeah. ask you a few flashcard questions based on a show called This Is oh. My First Life. So you just answer them based on like, you know, what, what would you do if you were this character? Okay. 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 So this let's say you're... Question. What's the Korean name of this drama? Oh, I can't remember. Or something like that. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's say you're a woman named Yoon Ji-ho. You're a 30-year-old Korean TV drama writer's assistant. Oh. And you come home. And you see that your younger brother's girlfriend got pregnant, so they got married, and now they're kicking you out of the house that you paid for with your money. Oh, hell no. What do you do? Oh, I say, oh, hell no. Okay. That's it? You just say, Uh, oh, hell no? Okay. (laughs) I say that, but then I'd be like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. um, (laughs) Me, me real me i would be like okay yeah that's fine i i could just go um live with uh i'll go live with mom and dad uh, <laughs> okay but do you think you could help out with the mortgage payments or something no okay that's fine <laughs> have the baby and um okay it's just for the baby's health yeah that's mm. like how i think i would really okay but in my mind i'd be like no get the hell out of here no, we're both <laughs> gonna live in here okay yeah in your mind the place where nobody else can hear yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) where you communicate your true thoughts but not to them through your mouth okay okay let's say you're a man named hehe who works Mm -hmm. as a computer designer and you're standing at a bus station and there's Mm -hmm. this chick who seems very distressed Mm -hmm. so you offer her some encouraging words and out of nowhere she kisses you right in the mouth what do you do oh uh, we go, we go to a bar. We continue the good night. It's about to go down. <laughs> I'm a computer designer. It's been a long time since I've had a date. Just kidding. No offense, computer designers. Um, but it's yeah. let's go. Let's do this. Okay. Wow. Why not? Okay. A total stranger. You're down. Okay. Oh, how? Down to I mean, fuck. it's like I mean, we could just get drinks and like get to know each other. But also, it's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, we're doing right. this. We're doing this. Yeah, she kissed you. I mean, if so I'm a guy, it. if I'm a guy and a girl's doing that, then yeah, it's like let's it's go time. Oh, okay, okay. Is that anyways, all right? Anyways, go on. No, that's fine. Okay, so let's say you're uh, Chiho again. You're the girl. Girl. Uh, you wrote your own TV script, right? Uh-huh. Your very own show, and you oh, bring wow. it into a director's meeting to pitch it, but your boss who's very established writer, steps in and changes everything and overshadows you and your work. What do you do? Uh-huh. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. That's it? I go, I go, hey, um... What do you mean? What do I do in the meeting? In the meeting, I'm like, oh, um... But... Oh, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> And then after I leave, I go, that's weird. That was my idea. <laughs> um, okay, that's fine. I'll just, write an, I'll just write another one. I'll just write another one. So that's fine. That's fine. Oh, that's wow. probably what I would do. Oh, uh, I good no God. I have no phone, huh? Shit. 
yeah in my mind i'm like excuse me can we talk <laughs> uh excuse me director actually that was my idea um i don't know i i i they take my idea yeah I don't know it's like are we in korea you know it's like different you know we I mean? are we are in, in korea. korea you just go yeah that was a great idea boss <laughs> that, <you had. laughs> that was actually my idea but hey it's... hey good good job with that <laughs> okay good job with that god damn i know i'm so sad this is home. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right all right you're you're the same uh writer chick okay mm-hmm. you're now that you're basically homeless because you got kicked out of the right. apartment you were staying at, um, you're sleeping in an office space, but the assistant director of the show that you're working on, who uh-huh. was hitting on you and sending oh, you all yeah. these mixed messages, despite the fact that he has a girlfriend, oh, shit. No, no, he no. comes into your space and sexually yeah. assaults you. What do you do? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> this is when it's like, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's when I go tell. I go tell. I, I, that's when I just um, go tell my boss that I quit and I'm just done. I'm just done. Wow. I'm just no, okay. I know. I know. I'm okay. Kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I right. would. That's not okay. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would get him fired. Oh. I would get. Or I would tell on him to my boss his boss mm, to the supervisors yeah but like in korea like are they gonna do anything <laughs> i don't know are they gonna... you have a lot of uh preconceived notions about korea i know i had that i have no idea but it's because i listen to on clubhouse i listen i listen to like on clubhouse these koreans that are working there like mm. kyungpo's that are working in Korea. They're like, they do nothing about anything. <laughs> it's sad and funny because it's true. Um, okay. Right on. Okay. Uh, so you're you're homeless, but then you found you found an apartment. You're living with this guy named Hehi. You didn't know it was a guy. You thought it was a woman because his name's Hehi, right? And you move in because there's no deposit. The uh-huh. rent is very nominal. You could afford it. Uh, and all these banks and all these other places turned right. you down. You know, yeah. you just like this is your only option. Right, right. And, but you're living with a man. And, uh-huh. you know, it's like you have like conservative parents and he has conservative parents. It's like this whole issue. But you like where you live. It's very comfortable. You actually appreciate your roommate because he has boundaries. He respects uh-huh. you, respects your privacy, da 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 da. Yeah. And one evening, you guys are watching soccer, drinking beers, and he mm-hmm. turns to you and he says, Would you marry me for just two years? What do you say? I want to say, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and then just and keep the conversation going. Why and mm-hmm. what's in it for me? Well, what's in it for you is that you get to live in this great apartment without now, having to only, put in a huge deposit. Want, it's like, okay. But if he's like, hey, I just need to like pretend, you know, for this legal thing, taxes, reasons, I'll give you like 50K. It's like, mm. if I'm 30, I'd be like, okay. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like a business transaction. It's not right, like right, out of love right, or anything. Right, right. So you'd be down. I would consider depending on the, you know. The benefits? Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. All right. If I was older, I think I would say no. Older than 30? Yeah. Like 31, you would say no? Yeah. <laughs> no, like Everything over changes. maybe 35. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. That's weird. Oh, Why? Because Why? then it's like, then I probably need to try to get married and have kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Ah, I see. Got it. Yeah. But at okay. 30, I could just be like, can you hold on one second? I just got to finish this marriage really quick and then I'll <laughs> get back to you. Okay. I have kids at 33, 34. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shit. All right. Okay. Fine. Final question. Of course, even though you guys have this contractual marriage, of course, you start to like your roommate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you like you like him. You like this guy, but he gives off a very like dead, sort of apathetic, emotionless reaction and vibe to you. Even though you sort of like do nice mm -hmm. things and da da da, like he's very like, kind of like deadpan with you. Yeah. But you like this guy. What do you do? I I, I go. What the hell? Do you like me? What the fuck's going on? You need really? to give me something. I'm married to you for two years. You got to act like we're married then. You know mm. what I mean? So hmm. if I'm doing this for you, you better like laugh at all my jokes. Oh, wow. Because why? I need to know why he wants me to marry him for two years still. So whatever the reason is, it was a good enough reason for me to be like, fine, I'll do this. But then you got to do this. Does uh. he not like me? Does he not like me? Well, it's hard to tell. He just has very, like, uh, kind of cold, sort of, not cold, oh, just very, right. like, deadpan, like, very, like, not very emotional. Right, right, right. Yeah. I probably, when people are like that, I drive them to become emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it out of them. Okay. You just nag I them until they fall yeah, apart. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Susan. Oh, those are the questions. Did I answer correctly? Correctly? Yeah. There's there's no right or wrong with these I kinds know, of know. answers. <laughs> I always like to be right.